finally made it happen. Yeah, we made it happen, and now you're on the pod. So here we go. My name is Liz Gigante Ulrich, and I'm here with Jason Larkins today on Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. <laughs> he told me I was supposed to say that. <laughs> Hey, Liz, pick any time in the podcast to randomly blurt that out. <laughs> well, you didn't start with it. So I was like, oh, no, he didn't start with it. I better no, say it. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> anyway, what's up, Liz? How's life? And we're on. This is the Let's Talk to Your Podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on, let's begin. This is episode number 125. Not sure if there's going to be a 126, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today we have on Liz Gigante Ulrich, owner of the Vancouver All-Stars. Today you will hear about how Liz left her full-time career to give All-Star cheerleading a chance. You hear about the various challenges that Liz faces being a gym owner in Canada and how she deals with those challenges. And then we'll hear about how Liz started the competition company C2 Sky and how she eventually sold to Varsity. But before we get into that if you are new to the show welcome new episodes every tuesday on spotify on apple Podcasts, and on google podcast and for those who can't get enough of just the podcast be sure to follow us on tiktok and on ig lots of great stuff on both of those platforms that simply don't make it to the pod so again follow us there let's talk to your podcast on ig and jason c larkins on tiktok and since it's episode 125 that means we have a winner for the share my pod giveaway and the winner is gentlemen b thank you gentlemen for sharing the pod it truly means a lot to me dm me to claim your prize so you can be a part of our newest coaches training coming out and speaking of ig we have a winner for the question of the day contest that we are running as well and that will actually be announced on ig so stay tuned there quick shout out to claire who helps us stay on top of things on ig shout out to jenny who edits the pod shout out to my mother love you mom sheila sarah robin chanel tamra heather peterson of Flipside, pablo representing for all the cheer dads out there our mate michelle mike the lean mean coaching machine heidi Adam, Jasmine, Casey, Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Be sure to check her out on IG. Lauren Clark, The Juice, and our newest supporter, Bode. Say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal. Thank you to everyone who supports the pod. I truly appreciate it. And if you want to help support the pod financially, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a lady who you're going to be fascinated with, a lady who's done it all in the industry, and it was an honor to sit down with her. Without further ado, my conversation with Liz Gigante Ulrich. 
Liz, welcome to the show. Hello, Jason. Dude, here we go. It's it's our year together. You know, so many times we've talked about working with each other over the years. We, you know, we've run into each other a billion times, always talk about working with each other, and then ran into you. You were getting off the elevator on the wrong floor. Elevator. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. I'm like, Liz, what's up? And you just booked it right there. And you're like, we should work together. All right. No, write this date down right now. And we're like, okay. And yeah, we got to go out to Vancouver. We finally made it happen. Yeah, we made it happen. And now you're on the pod. What's up, Liz? How's life? Good. I am back from a lot of travel this summer. I'm just dealing with jet lag. And other than that, it's full on choreography season for all the gyms, as you know. And uh, life just got really crazy. Yeah. Really fast. Who's out there with choreography? We're doing choreography for you guys right now. Well, we're going to end up having a few people come by, but we've got uh, Chris with Next Level. And mm-hmm. we've got the Brendan, yep. our friend Brendan Matthews, who's a riot, and he'll be arriving tomorrow morning. And then we also have Tristan with Worldwide Choreography, and he'll be arriving Saturday. So we we've already started with full routines with Chris. And they kind of like one starts to leave, another one comes in. So yeah, over the next two weeks, we'll try to get all of our routines started. So we only do choreography in the summer for like our higher level teams. And when mm-hmm. I say higher level, it's like more our level one advantage and onwards because mm-hmm. the level one families kind of don't even know what they've signed up for and some we haven't seen all summer you know like they just haven't yeah. figured out what, what what are we doing in the sport oh we're supposed to go to practices this summer so like we don't start choreography for those teams until they're back to school because they just haven't figured out yeah no I feel like <laughs> I feel like I got a interesting question yesterday in my email and it said hey I see that we have new classes online can you explain the difference between flexibility classes tumbling classes and and flight schools. I'm like, oh man. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So <laughs> we all understand just how the naivete of new parents and families that join All Star and they're just like, I have zero clue what's going on in the world. So yeah, so shout out to Chris. You know, we use Chris for building. Shout out to Brendan. He just got done finishing our routines. And shout out to Tristan, who I haven't talked to in quite some time. Anyway. Great guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. So let's start here. Tell us your story. How'd you get involved in cheer and, you know, start at the beginning? Okay, well, we have to go back many decades <laughs> and like you can you know when you watch bring it on and you you laugh and you're like come on guys like there's not even a coach on this team they're self-coached mm-hmm. like when does that happen well that's actually how i started out <laughs> we they, they have tryouts but you have to wait till the end of grade nine mm-hmm. and this is like in canada in London, Ontario, so about two hours from Toronto. And um, you have to wait till the end of the year to try out. And about 100 girls come and try out. And teachers are on the panel. And teachers who don't know anything about cheerleading get to decide who they Mm -hmm. pick. So they're going to pick good role models, kids that did well during the school year and kids that they actually maybe did do well in front of you when they have to do their audition. And so I happen to make one of the 12 spots on the team, which I was really excited about. And then at the start of the school year in grade 10, the seniors of the senior team come over to the junior team and they teach you. Mm -hmm. These are the cheers you do on the sideline. These are some of the stunts and then the rest you can just come up with on your own. (laughs) So I kind of like found my way into choreography that way Mm because we had no coaches and someone had to kind of take the lead. I actually have something on my wall that I found when moving out of my parents' room. Mm -hmm. I have to show you this one second. (laughs) It's hilarious. Are those your formation? 
patience. This was our halftime, my very first halftime routine. I choreographed at 13 and 14. <laughs> That's cool. So we started in a line and we ran out side by side yep. and then we crossed each other. And some of us went this way. Then we did a circle and then we went this way and then we went into a line further back on the floor. And it tells you, this is when you do your hello cheer. Remember that? H E double L O. We say hello. So I found this and I, I had to keep it and put it in a frame, but it's so funny. I, I sometimes just, it's right there on my wall yep. and I just, on a hard, hard day, I go, that's where I started. And sometimes we need to remember where we started and what our passion was way back then to remind us why we decided yeah. to take on this crazy life challenge. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I started. Did um, high school. Uh, when I was in high school, one day, a coach at the university nearby Western Ontario was riding his bike and every day he'd ride by and he'd look out and he'd go, wow, there's 12 kids again mm -hmm. on both teams and there's no coach and all the kids show up and they have practice. And we did. Everyone showed up every day, no coach. And he came in and introduced himself and he was just like, hey, I'm willing to coach you guys. You seem committed. And he started to coach our program at the high school, Catholic Central high school and then from there when I was in grade like 12 because back then we had to do grade 13 mm -hmm. so a whole another story and so I was in grade 12 and he had me start doing games like I just kind of started going to the university and training with them and by grade 13 I was doing the football season and then I knew I wanted to go to Western to do cheer and I did I made the varsity team in first year and I did that and that's how I kind of fell in love with the sport my progression and I just I took a, like, a few years completely off while I was trying to get my education degree and get my career going and then when I started teaching it was it's really difficult to get a teaching job in Canada well at the time in British Columbia it was really difficult and the advice I got from my mentors at the school was if you want a full-time job you're going to need to show the principals <clears throat> that you're willing to give up time Mm -hmm. outside of coaching and coaching is volunteer when you're a teacher in Canada you don't get paid like you do in America to coach a team so I started a cheer team there was no cheerleading there was a cheer a pocket of cheerleading happening about an hour away from where I was but other than that no one had ever had cheerleading out in British Columbia so I started a high school team and it was called Port Moody Secondary and if you're from the west coast you may remember them uh, we actually ended up winning the USA Nationals mm -hmm. I don't remember what year it was any right now but it was like when before there were like divisions, there was like 35 teams in your division. Like it wasn't before it was like intermediate and advanced and all that. And while I was doing that, I started renting space out of a local gymnastic center while I was teaching and doing the high school team. So the siblings, the younger kids, and it was the first time all-star cheerleading was ever introduced in this area. It was like probably 1999. And um, so we started with maybe 40, 50 kids. We would rent out space at the gym club. They gave us the worst times because it was only what they had available. And so we just started running practices, but the teams only practiced once a week. And then we did that for probably a good four or five years. At one point, we were renting gym space from three different gymnastic centers. Hmm. And co coaches would have to like drive from one gym to the other because like we had, that was all the space. And yeah. that's when we put together a team that in 1996, and we put together a team and we went to Worlds and we came forth and practicing once a week. And we, on the, while there, we were like, if we're going to do this, 
we got to practice more than once a week. Yeah. We need our own facility. And so that crew that I took, we basically came up with a plan. Okay, I'm going to get a lease. I'm going to get our own gym. We're going to do this. But no one had ever done a gym out here. Like this is 24 years. Ago. And so I did it. I rented a space. I actually leased out a space. It's We started Vancouver All-Stars, uh, home of the actual gym was G-Force Gym because as a teacher, the kids called me G. You know how they yeah. do that? Miss T, Miss, I was Miss G. So the gym is G-Force Gym, home of the Vancouver All-Stars. And we came up with that name on that trip in 1996. And it's been kind of crazy ever since. Yeah, I want to ask you about the G-Force because I saw it on the big banner at the gym, right? Yeah, Vancouver All-Stars. Yeah. And in the corner, G-Force. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it must have been like how she started as a gym and then this, it transformed. So I always knew that I wanted to the gym. I wanted the community to feel they could sign up for our classes that are not cheer. So the community that you might have your son in a ninja class and you you're at a house party and you're talking with parents. Oh, I'm at G-Force too. I'm at G-Force. Oh, we do Vancouver All-Stars at G-Force. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're home of the Vancouver All-Stars, but for the community, you can put your kids in the program and you don't feel like you have to do cheer. Like mm-hmm. there's things that happen at our gym that are not just cheer. Yep. There we go. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. So tell me about your teaching and you decide to leave the teaching career to go into cheer full time. So tell me about that transition or like the thought process behind all that. Well, it was a tough one because in Canada, teaching is much better paid than in America. Mm-hmm. So you, I think like after 10 years of teaching, uh, back when I quit 16 years ago, I think I was already like at maybe 80 grand. So just mm-hmm. to give you an idea. And that was that long ago. So where you're at with a master's degree. So that was with a master's degree maxed out in years. You're, you're there. So to convince my husband that I should leave that, and we also have the best benefits, everything's covered like full dental, full medical, full everything, eyeglasses, like everything. Yeah. So to convince my husband that I should leave my career, which I had just done my master's degree, so planning to be a principal one day, uh, and uh, do this cheer thing, it wasn't like an overnight decision. <laughs> it was like, you need to have these numbers, we would need to have a business plan, we need to, you know, and for two years, I went from 100% full-time teacher to like dropped in percentage. So I was like, I tried 70%, that was still overwhelming. I dropped to like 30% in teaching, you can give up your um you have two years to give up your position and then you it's still yours like mm-hmm. you still have your seniority and everything yep and you can take two years off so i did that and then at the end of those two years i had been established and my numbers were good and everything was going well and i realized okay i can't do both i have to choose one and i just followed my heart and uh yeah we're in our 24th year right now there and this year is crazy with registrations like i it's been nuts so we have two locations right now we have like a boutique small gym mm-hmm. about an hour away um, on the outskirts of like if you were to look at a map it's kind of crazy so there's a place called Towasson mm-hmm. and Towasson's attached to this little nugget of America but hmm. the only way you can get to this little nugget of America is by driving through Canada to get there otherwise but it's crazy so like it doesn't really um, draw people like my Poco Porco the main location we're like in the middle of like eight different main cities mm-hmm. and big huge pop- numbers so that one's really really large it's bigger than a Namega gym like I, I it, we have like 700 athletes doing either a half year team or a full year team there at that location yep. and then we have this little boutique gym where you know small lots of one on one time with our kids <laughs> and it's just growing we just opened it up uh, November in 2022 so or 21 so like it's it's just small like growing and very different vibe and so yeah. it's good because like as a gym owner I have like 
like both extremes. And I can tell you, I can share like experiences from a small uh, micro gym experience to a really big mega gym yeah. <laughs> experience. Yeah, I realized when we, you, you know, we talked about us coming out there, working with the teams and you sent me a schedule and you know, we want you to work with all the teams. And I'm like, this 8 billion, how many kids does she have in here? I figured you guys are around <laughs> over 300, but I didn't figure over 500. And I was like, oh, this is like a lot of kids. Like, And we didn't even work with everyone, but that was just, yeah, I, I couldn't believe how many kids you had out there. That's that's insane. So yeah. it's crazy. I remember one thing you said was we have all these kids, but we introduce cheerleading to like, he's like, no one's heard, heard of cheerleading in Canada. Like we introduced the sport to the, to the country, you know? And so well, more to the province. Yeah. So it yeah. was definitely, yeah, from that side of the country. Yeah. And this, the West Coast and our little, um, where we live in British Columbia. Yeah, we were one. There was a pocket of cheerleading happening before I got there in us area called Richmond. But um, as far as like everything central to right through to the border of America, like, yeah, introduced it there. Now you introduced it to the country. I'm sticking with it. You introduced okay, it to the country. <laughs> the country, you know? Like, yeah, crazy. All right, so give me some what are some lessons obviously you know teachers or coaches and coaches are teachers but what are some of the lessons that you took from your teaching career that have like really transitioned and helped you as a coach coaches and owners as choreography ends and comp season is around the corner running your first full out is coming up soon and if you're like most coaches you just hit play and pray but luckily for you i have a preparing for full outs system a step-by-step week-by-week system that will get your team ready to start throwing full out routines join me september 23rd and set your team up for success heading into the comp season link in the show notes to sign up today well first of all i have my master's degrees in curriculum and instruction Mm. How perfect is that? Yep, so I sure. like right away, like the way my brain works, like nothing's just like, we're going to run practice. My Everything has a purpose, how I train my staff, how I prepare for a season. Like I'm looking at the now with the end in mind. I'm very organized that way. I think most people that come to our gym say like, I wasn't like, it's just crazy how organized you are. Like, it's just nice. Like, but also the way that you're trained as an educator to handle different personalities and different learning styles. Like it, I taught 17 years before I left the, the teaching um, field. I have six teachers on staff. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that's unique about Vancouver Stars is that we only have like one or two staff that are actually full time. Everybody has careers. And then because they're passionate about the sport, kind of like the way they saw me do it, they were doing this on the side. So they're doing it in addition to their careers and they come in and they coach maybe one or two teams, but because they were all coached by me, that continuity is still there, which you don't usually have when you have coaches at a gym that are just coaching one team and this coach coaches one team like mm-hmm. they, there ends up being a lot of differentiation you could be looking at routines and going how are those routines from the same gym we seem to have good continuity because the athletes were all coached by me they might have been on ice queens or blackout or like these teams that they were um, high level athletes on and um, had a lot of success and that was the way that they were coached and that was the way they were communicated to and so they've never been we don't use tactics that are unprofessional when we speak to athletes. We know that there are ways that we can get the best out of our athletes without being degrading, without being like, I've heard some pretty crazy ways that coaches talk to athletes, making, feeling like intimidation tactics and Mm -hmm. all of that. Like, so 
we more use strategies on how to get the best out of our kids and how to communicate with them in a way where we motivate them to want to do well and to step up and be the best version of themselves. I feel like our parents are happy with the way that we handle situations and the way that we communicate with mm-hmm. them. And that's what I really took from teaching is like, how do I get the best out of my kids? And I was really competitive as a teacher also because we had, um, at the time when I was a teacher, you had to write grade 12 exams that were called government exams. And based on your score on that, you would either get into university or not. So like mm. my goal, like I taught grade 12 Spanish and I would tell my kids right away, you will have the highest average in the entire province. Like we are go And so like, I've always been competitive yeah. even when I was just in the classroom and we would, I would have a 92 to 94% class average on that exam. And so one thing was teaching the kids about Spanish was teaching them to the score sheet mm-hmm. and that hasn't changed either <laughs> so for their scoring system for their government exam is kind of like the way that we teach routines to the score sheet and so you just strategize you teach the kids you let them learn about their sport let them know why they need to do certain things mm-hmm. do they understand why they need to do everything we're asking them to do and i spent a lot of time explaining that so that they understand their sport but also because a lot of times i'm coaching are my future coaches I want to educate them and they're that much further ahead. There we go. So, yeah. All right. So talk to me about this. It's already been well-established. You're in Canada. You're in Vancouver. So you're out here on the West Coast. Best coast. Best coast. Let's go. So what have the challenges been? You know, there's you throw a rock, you can hit another gym in the States, especially, you know, in some of the more populated areas or like your cheers, like just, you know, booming in California or Texas. But again, you mentioned there's cheerleading in this pocket of Richmond, but there's really not cheerleading out there. What are some of the challenges been like, you know, being in Canada and opening a gym? Well, figuring out how to be successful internationally is really difficult because um, like if you live in Dallas or in Texas in general, like no matter on any given weekend, you're competing against the best and you know what the best looks like and you have to adhere to, okay, this is the, these are the expectations and we need to look like that. So, and then the kids see it and then they're like, oh, we get it. Well, our kids are told at practices what they need to look like. We'll show them videos. We'll do this. They'll see the stronger teams from our gym and stuff. And there are teams in our area. Um, like there's, there's always like that level one, level two team, a level three team or whatever that's comes from a gym. And it's just a really strong year for them. And you know, your kids are like, Oh wow, that team is really good. And that happens every year. And so like, it's not like all of our teams just it's a walk in the park. Like we have competition out here. It's just at the higher level, it's really hard. So we have six world's teams this year and our world's teams last year, we had five the year before we had five and this year we have six. So as far as like getting to go to a competition on a weekend and seeing the caliber of teams that we need to see and feel like we have to compete against at that event in order to stay on track, to be geared up and ready for worlds. That's what is difficult. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have that. And so we, what ends up happening is that the teams end up competing against each other. So we literally compete against our own teams at competitions and we're trying to like one up each other, like, because that's all we got. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying there's not other world's teams. There are other world's teams, you know, and so there's other world's teams too that are in divisions that might be competing against a team that's in our division. But I mean, as far as like that caliber, uh, 2022 uh, worlds, we had three teams globe. Uh, Last year we had one team globe and um, other, all of our other teams came in fifth in their division. 
Christian. It was really weird. Um, and so like, that's kind of like the level that, was, that we're at and that we're trying to push towards breaking the top three in any division that we're in. And it's just hard because we don't get to see, we don't get pushed by those teams. So we're literally like had to create our own culture where, mm-hmm. okay, what order are our world's teams going to come in? Like that kind of thing. Yep. And we don't want that. It's not intentional. It's just how it unfolds. It's like what happens because of the situation. So it's not a good thing. You don't want your own teams competing against each other. No, yeah, but that's sure. kind of, it's definitely one of the side effects and ramifications of not having, like anyone who's in the West Coast, like Washington has... I think other than South of the League from years ago, you know, we've won Globe and that's um, from a team in the West Coast in the last 10 years. Then you go to Oregon. Don't think anyone from Oregon's ever Globe. And then if you go down to California, that's quite far away. But also there are fewer and fewer world teams being produced in the West Coast in general, mm-hmm. as far as like level six and seven. And so like the West Coast is just that's a difficulty for all of us in the West coast. Mm-hmm. I think you're constantly having to compete against teams out of division. Yeah. No, there just aren't you. enough in your own division. So that is definitely one of the hardships being Canadian. And also like Canada is just so big. So if we wanted to compete against the best teams in Canada, you know, they're from Toronto and Quebec. Well, that's 6,000 kilometers away, 5,500. <laughs> so kilometers, sorry guys, no, I should like, use miles. I don't even know what that so, is. Like, that's like 4,000. <laughs> Let's just say 4,000 miles. Yeah. It's a four and a half hour flight, three hour time change and expensive. So like it is definitely a challenge. Whereas the teams from Ontario and Quebec, they get to compete against each other every weekend. Mm -hmm. They get that. And so then we have to compete against them at Worlds, but we didn't get that all year. Yep. It's that's the challenge. So that is a discussion that the staff at our Vancouver Stars has often. Like how do we create the intensity? How do we... Because you almost have to falsify it out of practice. You have to create it. How do we create a situation at practice today where the athletes feel like life is over if they drop this stunt? Mm-hmm. Because this weekend, it won't matter. Yep, yeah. <laughs> we can drop the stunt this weekend and we'll still do well. Mm-hmm. But how do we create that out of practice so that they feel it? Like, they, oh my God, if I drop this stunt... I yeah. just let my team down. And so like, that's the kind of stuff we have to do. So what are, give me some examples. Cause obviously you're in the unique situation where and it's not totally unique. There's a lot of programs who just don't have any teams in their division. We have a, a youth three, right? Or yeah, we've had youth threes in the, in the past, or we still have a youth three this year and youth three is not a super popular division. So there's times where we go and it's like, yeah. Same. We have a youth three this year and I think we'll be the only one. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. man, there's not a ton of youth threes out there. Now, there's a billion junior ones out there, but there are all these, these divisions that don't have lots of teams. So talk to us coaches about how we create that atmosphere. Now, before we get back to the show, I need you to listen up. We've heard from many of you who are eager to dive into the preparing for full outs training, but can't make the live call. Well, we've got great news for you. We've taken your feedback to heart and transformed it into an accessible on-demand online course. You can now access the preparing for full-out system at your own pace whenever it suits you. No need to worry about scheduling conflicts or missing out. This comprehensive course will walk you through every step 
week by week, just like the live training. So whether you're a coach or an owner, this is your opportunity to equip yourself, equip your staff, and equip your teams for success as the competition season approaches. Don't wait any longer. Enroll today to start your journey towards full-out perfection. Link in the show notes. One thing, and then remember, this is a world's team. This is not something I would necessarily advise with your youth ones, okay? So <laughs> please keep this in mind. So, like, trying to create that intensity and that, like, feeling of, like, anybody who has gone to worlds and has dropped a stunt and you're the reason you did not win Globe or whatever, this is what we're talking about. So please make sure you understand that this is not a tactic I am pushing on any team. But something like you're doing a full out or you're doing a part of your routine full out, you're just doing a chunk, whatever. But if your stunt drops, your team is doing serious conditioning and you're watching them. (laughs) You know everyone hates you, right? Like that kind of thing. Like you you have to watch them. You're not allowed to do it. But you're the team that felt like that kind of thing. Also, a lot of times, we'll put like a lot of conditioning on a whiteboard and maybe like 40 different things and we'll do a run and for um a like a, a perfect hit, they might get to take three things off or mm-hmm. like a one mistake, they get to take two things off, you know, and they get like mm-hmm. five runs that we're doing. And by the end, whatever's left on the board, they have to do as a team where it's just like, we're hitting matters. Like, because, but it's not like regular conditioning that you know is good for you. We're talking like, the conditioning you don't want to do (laughs) like things like that. And this is also in the third quarter, like we're talking third part of the year in the season. This isn't something we're doing in the summer or in the fall. Like this is full on in competition season with teams in order to get their heads. Like also the other thing we're doing on top of this is a lot of mental training. Mm -hmm. So I, in 2016, 17, after day one, ice Queens and top gun had the highest day one score at worlds. We are in a position to win. (laughs) We are going into day two in first place. And the pressure just got to my kids. And like watching that video to this day, it's just like popcorn. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, (laughs) you're just like, how do we go from first to eighth? It was one of those (laughs) things, right? I actually left the eighth place trophy in my rental car and it was by accident. Never called to get it back. It was just kind of like one of those where I was like over it. But um, it was one of those moments for me as a coach that, I couldn't even watch the routine. I couldn't talk about it. It was like, I knew that I had to place the blame on myself. And I spent like that moment onwards. Like I have become a self acclaimed expert on on mental toughness and have like so many strategies on how to start working with kids. Like um, my youth, I coached a youth one team two years ago, last year, a level two team. And like, I start at that level, getting them to understand Uh, mental toughness. And um, I have worksheets, I do lessons, like, just so that they're balanced, and they're ready for that switch where the physical part of our sport at this time of the year going into the fall, Mm -hmm. it's like 90%. And the mental parts like 10. And the kids can throw everything. I need you to do this. You did it at tryouts. Oh, they still have the skill. (laughs) Wait till October, you know, and so like, we have to um, educate the kids on why that happens. It's normal. It's natural. Um, Everything from there to uh, uh, worksheets on how to get them ready. Um, And I've got like kind of laid it out. So I've got like four different lessons that I'll do with the team. And by the end, and I've had a lot more success where we've been able to hit at Worlds and under pressure. And I think that's where the the Globes over the last few years have, have really resulted is in doing that. 
Okay, so now we're talking about that was a great that first that whiteboard thing is great. That's money. I know you said you'd use it during the season. I might use it tonight because we're you know trying to train our different sections and try to you know make sure our pyramid hits and the elite section hits. So <laughs> we I don't might have use routines it. yet out here, Jason. <laughs> Chris, Brendan, get on it. Let's go, man. Yeah. So I might use it tonight because that's a really good idea. So take me to this next idea that you talked about. Just give me a quick example of the mental training. I know you do worksheets, but like give me some more, you know, what's something a coach can do? Not necessarily today. They're probably not going to work on it today or even today, but what's something a coach can take home? They could do like right now with their team to focus, to work on their mental i think that what really helps with kids is is just getting them to understand that making mistakes is meant part of the sport and natural and we want that to happen because it's a part of the sport and how like when mistakes happen at practice with young kids one option is to get mad come on guys it was a prep we don't drop preps right or the other thing is aren't we happy that that happened at practice because we need these mistakes to happen at practice because wouldn't you say that a mistake can happen once but then we should be able to as a stunt group talk about why it happened figure out how to prevent it from ever happening again and all often be at a practice we're doing a full out and something goes crazy i'm like hey guys that has never happened before aren't we lucky that that happened at practice and now we know that if that's going to happen where are you going to jump in where are you going to catch up where are you going to do right and so like whereas otherwise coaches are yelling at their kids because they made a mistake but no everything is a lesson the kids then aren't afraid to make mistakes and then they're not scared of letting you down as a coach because they know that you're okay with them using mistakes to learn, right? So that's just like, that's basic guys. Like I'm talking every walk, every workout, every time I went out, my podcasts were on, like I'm learning from people. So like I would go, okay, that who has the biggest budget for mental toughness coaches in the professional world, sports world, find out who they are. They're all on podcasts. Every one of them has been brought on on a podcast. Now listen to them, buy their books. That's what I do. So I have <laughs> so many books. I've listened to so many podcasts and um, I learn from them, but that's what I do when I go for a walk or I'm in the car. I call it Automobile University. <laughs> there you go. All right. Give me a book. We also know that one of the biggest successes to a gym having an all-star gym having success and teams having success is the time that we as coaches or as a gym, as a gym owner, spend on building culture. This is awesome book to understand culture and what being a good member of a team is. So he has written lots of books on mental toughness. And it's, it's Stick Together. What's the name of the – or By John Gordon. Okay, there we go. John Gordon is the main author. Oh, he did – did he do Energy Bus? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got about six books. So this is a half an hour read. It takes a half an hour. So we bought like four of these last year and put them in the staff room and the told them – this one I kept for myself. But once you've read it, put your name on it, put it back in the staff. And then one, I know who's read it. And two, we know who – like – they they also know who's read it when they get it and then they feel obligated to bring it back so we don't lose mm -hmm. it yeah but i love this book these little books they're good reads now i go as far as reading like textbooks so like it i this has just become a passion of mine especially during like sometimes i just need to re-listen to the same book re-read the same book that i know had an impact on me like eight years ago and so depending on the season every season so different you have different obstacles and you know situations that come up with every single team some teams some years it seems so easy and then some years it's just <laughs> like you're hitting your head against the wall and you feel like nothing you're doing is mm -hmm. working but 
Yeah. Dude, love it. I'm going to get that book. There you go. Stick together. John Gordon. He, yeah, he did Energy Bus. Mm-hmm. He did another book um, that I really like. Or maybe, was it him? It was about the fish in Seattle. I think it was actually just called Fish. But it was about the, the guys who throw the fish in Seattle and just how they have great culture and like how you want your company to be like that and like the different things that they do. So that was that was really good. Yeah. There we go. Stick together. John spends a lot of time talking about, about culture in general, but that book is a, has a little bit about team unity mm-hmm. and what it means to be on a team and what you have to give up so it's a great book you could read to your athletes there too. we go it's love good. it all right liz we're gonna get to a break real quick we'll get back and you know keep talking some cheer okay sounds good gym owners we're all looking for new ways to grow our gyms right well you need to check out next gen's one day business builder conference coming up september 9th in baltimore at this event next gen will teach you how to hire great staff build a profitable all-star budget get boys into your program and host birthday parties to make your gym money learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com link in the show notes and we're back still talking to liz all things cheer you know someone actually all things cheer someone called my podcast all things cheer the other day he's like hey i saw your podcast online all things cheer and i wasn't sure if he like actually saw my podcast or he just saw something posted from like if he confused let's talk cheer with all things cheer or if he saw all things cheer and thought that was my podcast anyway we're still talking we're talking cheerleading so liz um tell me about what was the first year you went to Worlds. Tell me about that. What year was it? How was the experience? Uh, the first year we went to Worlds was the second year of Worlds. So I think the first year of Worlds was 2005. 2004, I think. I 2004, think. yeah. And then we were there 2006. Early, earlier on in the podcast, I think I said 1996. Ignore that. It's 2006. <laughs> Wrong decade. <laughs> jet lag. Let's blame it on jet lag. I'm still suffering from jet lag, everyone, and brain fog. <laughs> right. But Japan was worth it. Japan was so fun. Um, 2006 was our first year. So six, seven. But we didn't do 20 right, so or 20, a year 2020. But what was no it like? Did. You get there. What was it like for you? Like the, the whole experience? So one of my best memories back then, I remember like, getting to see cheer athletics for the first time in person. And at the time you're in the milk house, which is now called. No, we only call it the milk house on the let's talk cheer podcast. Okay, good. I'm okay with that. Okay. So we're at the milk house and they're on the floor and the teams were allowed to sit on the floor yep. in front of the floor. To I watch. totally forgot about that. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. And you could stay after worlds and do a coach's <laughs> clinic. I found a ticket to like the banquet and the coaches t- t- and the buses would be there and you would get on these buses and they would everybody. It wasn't like you get two mm-hmm. people from your gym, like every coach could go and they'd have like, it was just the way that world started with such few teams. It just made it so quaint and like just such a crazy experience. And then it just uh, went to the, where it is now where line up outside for an hour, wait for your team to come in, yep. <laughs> leave when they're done. <laughs> like it's, Hey, real quick. Yeah. Do they still do the gala? I haven't been the world's in forever. Do they still do the gala? No, it's done. No, I see you. So I judged, I see you for 10 years. I didn't judge uh, this the past two years, but when I did judge for ten years, um, the gala they have an ICU like wrap mm-hmm. up gala, and they still do that one. But I don't know of I didn't get an invite <laughs> to any ISF or USASF or anything like that. And Finity invited me to a party. Um, another company invited like you get invites from yeah. companies that are there in the industry, you know, companies. But no, I don't think they. I think they cut that out of the budget. They probably cut it after COVID. That's what I'm guessing. It had to have stopped, right? 
right? Like they do COVID. They're like, we're not doing this anymore. That was a fun night. Everyone gets it all was. dressed up and, I know. you know, crowned I mean, for the year. Yeah. No, they, I don't know. They might have, I know like we had like a little ISF uh, bank, little awards night in 2022 that I was a part of for that the ISF kind of has just something new that they started and I was a part of that, but nothing this past year. Yeah. There we no, go. It's changed a lot. So let's talk about this real quick. Sea to Sky. So you, you ran an event. You had Sea to Sky. Nationals, I'm guessing it was called. And I have to admit this, for the longest time, I didn't realize it was Sea to Sky. I thought it was Sea to Sky. Like one word, right? Sea to Sky. <laughs> I thought it was some Canadian word. <laughs> just like, okay. And then one day I realized, oh, it's Sea to Sky. I get it now. So, um, tell me about Sea to Sky, how it started, the idea, what it was like, you know, that whole, the whole nine. So the highway that goes from Vancouver to Whistler is called Sea to Sky. So when I had the idea, it was 2000 and uh, I'm going to say six, where I got my own facility to train Vancouver All-Stars out of. I also decided to start an event production company and run this event. So the same year, I also had to put a huge down payment on the Vancouver Convention Exhibition Center, which is like right on the water so you see the sea and you see the sky you see the mountains and so that's kind of why we came up with that name so I ran that event for 12 years and the goal behind that event was to bring a top quality top tier event experience to the local market so we didn't have to take constantly always be the ones traveling my goal was to bring the outside world to us because Vancouver is beautiful and Americans come on let's face it you love you love the 30 percent exchange rate right you loved it how I, was I your did. shopping at Lululemon right I, I loved it let's go <laughs> and and so I that was the goal in mind it was like if you build it they will come let's make a good event let's have everybody come to us and it worked like we, we had like 2,500 people coming it was a very um, successful event and it was very profitable and viable in the eyes of ours they saw the numbers they saw five years of of documents and they ended up putting the it was when Jeff was going to sell varsity and needed his portfolio to kind of look robust and internationalish so he was looking for an international company to buy and I just got really lucky the timing was incredible I sold it months before COVID happened like it is one of my biggest <laughs> success stories in my life I will tell this story over and over so it was I got a great price for it and I let I took it off my tape and now I attend as a coach and mm -hmm. I go and I'm like I am not a part of that people will still ask me questions but I don't know I don't know, I don't know. so I'm here quick, as a coach when you had it before did Vancouver all-stars go when you owned yes. it okay yeah. so and it did cause some problems because people would say like oh they only they only win because they she owns it but we won every team had a, a championship sweater this year and i don't own it <laughs> so <laughs> right <laughs> So I guess sometimes, you know, you have to, um, the transparency just has to be gone. And then, yeah. So you're bringing your teams there, which years ago, people were asking about, someone sent in a question to the podcast that the owner of cheer match also owned a gym. And that's why they won, you know, the event. And that's not fair. And I was saying like, and Brittany had asked me, well, Jason, if you own an event company, would you bring American? And I'm like, we'd be the first team signed up. What are you talking about? Of course I bring my own teams to the event. You know, the parent was like, and I was like, what's the name of the gym? They just sold to um, Cheer Athletics. They're in Colorado. 
You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15, and full 2-minute and 30-second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget. But that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. I don't know, but I do know that there's a gym there that just changed to chair athletics. <laughs> I know that for myself, like when I was the owner, I would literally bring in the judges from America and there'd be judges I've never even met before. I've never even heard of Vancouver All-Stars. And I would sit down, you know, people and just go like, um, and people would by day two figure out that I was the owner, like the judges would figure out that I was the owner and um, of the event and Vancouver All-Stars. But I would be the one to say like, please make sure that if anything, anything is like, you know, equal just air on the side of the non-Vancouver all-star team like I would actually push that I ain't pushing that verbiage mm-hmm. anymore <laughs> I'm paying to go and if we're you know like it, it was what I used to do and like Jabril um, who's now ISF he was one of the directors and um, he was a part of my you know he was from out here and uh, in Washington and then he kind of helped right from that very first Worlds team that we took to go to Worlds. He was 22, my little hooligan. And like, I just, he's been with me ever since. And it was funny because one of the questions that you ask at the end, mm-hmm. you, which you gave me ahead of time yeah, to prepare. Everyone knows. Uh, Same questions every week. Yeah. The, the, the people and know. Where, where you said like, who's someone that you think should be on, on the show? I think it's Drew Brown. His story in his story. You know what's so funny? Yeah. I was just texting someone yeah. earlier today and they said, have you asked Jabril to be on yet? And I'm like, it's on the list. I'll make sure to get it done. So yeah, so you're second person. So Jabril, Jabril, come on the show, homie. I just think that like when you look at where he started and where he is now, I'm just so proud of him also. And he's just such a good person with has really good um, core values and morals and just a really good representative yeah. who's really trying to do a lot for the international community on our behalf. And so like, I think that would be my... There we go. All right, Jabril, come on the show, man. Let's talk. And I got a funny story for Jabril when he comes on. Okay, so you still go to see the sky. What's it like going now? Like, do you look around and like, like, oh, man, they should be doing this? Or like, what's it like to go to your old event, you know? Well, I mean, there's always the transitional period is always difficult because the way that I did things, like it was my only event all Mm -hmm. year was my baby. I took care of every little detail and aspect to make sure it was like an an like exceptional experience. Like it was my number one commitment. So the transition, you know, varsity is running hundreds of events. They don't really lock down and get into the next event until it's time for that next event. And so like the last two years, it's been more like people coming to me and like, and you know, like, and the guys, I promise we're going to have the socks next year. I talked to Damien, we're getting the socks, just trying to make sure that we keep the ball rolling. Like, I don't want this mm-hmm. event to disappear from the West coast. Like, it's just such a great event. We needed to keep going. I don't want people discouraged 
or like feeling like, you know, like it's not as mm-hmm. good as it used to be. So like um, last year was great. The first year, like the tra- like right out of COVID, it was a little bit di- more difficult um, with the transition. So like just keep it going, being positive, like as people are saying, they, oh, guys, but look, like and just getting them to see the perspective of how important it is for us to let the just Varsity's great listeners, let them know what you're thinking. They'll they'll listen, they'll make changes. And then like, this is such a great event and they're working really hard to make it a fantastic event. You need to believe that. Let's just, you know, attend, attend. And so that's the big thing. And, um, it's just so nice to show up though. And like, um, there'll be like the Mm -hmm. ticket sales booth. And I'm like, Oh my God, I used to have like 60, 70 parents volunteered to, they get mm-hmm. free admission in lieu of like volunteering a few hours. And I remember like managing that. Like I used to do a lot of the event myself and I was like, yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm going to go upstairs to, I actually can go to my hotel room for an <laughs> right? hour. Yeah, there right. you go. So it's nice. I, I just, people are like, are you sad? <laughs> no, I, guys, I'm not 30 years old yeah. anymore. Like there is always going to be an exit plan for me. Like unload, unload. What do I want to hold on to? You know? So it's all worked out. And now, so let me ask you this. What did you do that actually made Sea to Sky? Like what was unique about the event? Like when you had it? I think that, so when we first started, we would put the coaches on a three-hour cruise Hmm. where you could not get off the boat. And it was like food, drinks, like we dancing, partying, and you got to meet coaches from everywhere that came and so like you aren't getting off the boat like once you're on there you're mm-hmm. on there for three hours you know you're not just making an appearance so like we did that for like eight years and then from there we went to a hotel as people got older and like maybe three hours away from your team or your athletes that night was a little bit difficult but like you came to vancouver you got to go on the water and see the skyline in the evening and, like, and that's, that's like on friday night and then from there it was friday night and so and we would have individuals and um, group stunts and stuff and some of the prep divisions and stuff, but it would finish early enough that we would all just go out. And then we went to restaurants, gave out tickets for drinks and bought in. We would bring appetizers to the table and stuff like that. So it was still a mingle. Our gift was d- day two lucky socks, which are called the Sky socks. And people still wear them and they haven't been given out since 2019 before COVID. And people will still be like, I'm wearing my Sky socks. Like yeah. they tell me all the time. I love it. And so Damien says they're coming back for next year. I'm going to send her my contact. We need to bring back the cruise. What are we talking about right now? (laughs) Bring back the cruise, not the socks. Well, and it was just like it became like a prestigious event. The awards, the way that we did awards. We also, John Newby gave me the ability to give out summit bids the year that summit Mm -hmm. started. Yep. A non-varsity event. So, and I got very fortunate with that. So then we had summit bids and then we also had the ISF bids. So we've always been a world's bid event. We've always been a summit event. And I think that that just happened, helped also with the sale of yep. the event when I sold it. There we go. So yeah, it was just a great event and it still is. I had a great time last I tried year. to convince our parents. I remember because I was talking to you about it. We'd ran in, into each other. It was at jams again, ran to each other at jams and I'm talking to you about the event. You're like, oh, it's a great event. You got to go. And I think you had just sold. I think you had just sold the varsity because it's right before COVID happened. And I remember talking to our parents. and I was like, guys, I really think we should go to Vancouver. And I'm telling them everything about Vancouver. And then the, but nobody has passports. Yeah, that'll be fine. I'll <laughs> figure it out. And then the world ended. And I was like, well, 
I don't think we're traveling internationally anytime soon. So we'll see. I think there's some American uh, programs coming this year from what I've heard, which is great because we used to have like 40% of the teams were from BC, British Columbia, local, and 60% were flying or driving in, doing road trips from everywhere from Alberta to um, Saskatchewan to Manitoba, Ontario, and then Washington, Oregon, Idaho, California. Like we had it all. Like it was just such a great event. Where else are you going to an international event that's yeah. not world? Yeah, I want to go. I really do want to go. I yeah, we had. You should come. You guys would kick. You, you dude. Do really let's well. go. American cheer. We yeah. go. Yeah. American cheer. Liz from Let's Talk Cheer <laughs> podcast is saying that American Cheer We're is coming. coming. We're coming <laughs> to Let's Vancouver. Go. I want to do it. Maybe next year. It's probably not on your schedule for this year. But it's like, not on our schedule for this year, but next year, 20, 2024, 2025, we're going to Vancouver. We're doing Sea to Sky. Yep. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to tell Damien. She's coming after When is you. it? It's in April? <laughs> it's the first weekend of April. First weekend in April. So we're going to Champions League. Hey, we're going to Champions League this year in, in Vegas. This and next year, go. you're going to see Sky Champions yeah, League. Yeah, see the Sky. There you go. Where you become the champions. <laughs> and get our socks. And get No, no. The socks are gifts. They're oh, not there's... the prize. They're the athlete <laughs> gifts. <laughs> you still win banners and like, ch- medals. You just... <laughs> Got my socks on, guys. There you go. (laughs) All right. So let's do this, Liz. Liz, you have been awesome. Let's get to a break and then we'll end with our final four questions. Three. We only have to do three. I already answered one. Oh, yeah. You only answered one of them. Jabril, you're coming on. Sorry, Jamil. (laughs) I love Jamil too, but. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100 hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we are back. And as you guys know, we do our final four questions. Only three questions today. Since Jabril, you've been called to the mat. You got to come on the show, buddy. Let's make it happen. But Liz, here we go. Final four questions. Question number one, what needs to start, stop, or change in the industry? Okay. In the industry, we need to get on one score sheet. I am tired of, yes, I feel so bad for America. First of all, America, if you don't know this and you're listening to Let's Talk to Your Podcast and you're finding out here firsthand that you're the only country on your own score sheet, the rest of the world (laughs) is on a different score sheet. And I can't even come to America anymore to compete because I don't want to change my routine. I'm on the score sheet that at Worlds, it's the same one. I go to Worlds and I'm on the same score sheet all year. And so- the rest of the world, same. And then there's America. And so like, this is problematic. I used to be able to go to America and travel maybe three times a year. You're losing our business because you don't want to change the score sheet. And then the other problem is those poor Americans, all of you, you have a different score sheet every year. You just get used to the score sheet and then they change it again. Like that's got to change. That's got to stop. Like why? So like then you change the score sheet. And then you think it's going to be better. And I go to one of your events. I'm at NC last year. And AccuScore is down the street. Like, open the door <laughs> to the street. Because everyone's getting it wrong. So then you true. Go to an, you go to an ISF event where it's just comparative scoring, free for all. You don't 
And, you know, you're in the range as long as you score between eight and 20. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a free for like comparative. The co- the judges are judging. It's still the judges still have a section of the score sheet that they judge. There's building, there's creativity, there's, you know, um, there's still the tumbling judges like that's not change. It's still like that. But then we just accept it very mm-hmm. rarely that do you go to AccuScore like two people at AccuScore. <laughs> like and everyone's just like okay yeah i i agree they should have won like it's just yeah. i don't that's the thing that needs to change in the industry so that we can all be on the same score sheet and that we just yeah and the there is a grid now that's coming out to help even with the isf so it's not so free for all and that's something one of the things that you could talk to jabril about because he's a part of that um with the isf but like and Dana, obviously, and then um, with the uh, legalities and we have uh, the other judges, the, the head judges and stuff for mm-hmm. the ISF. But like number one thing that I think needs to change is that for the industry. I just said this. I think by time this releases, it's going to be two episodes ago. But I just said this. I said, it's event producers, guys. And I was just talking about us here in the States. But no one wants to change their their routine all year long. Just, I know, you might not agree with this score sheet. You might not agree with this score sheet. But we all need to be on the same one because no one wants to. Like you said, I can't come to the States anymore because I don't want to change my routine. It's 100% true. I'm not, the, I'm not crazy saying this. So thank you, Liz, for agreeing. You don't understand how many times I rant on that during this podcast. I know. But here's the thing. Varsity, the largest gyms. I know cheer athletics has a lot of athletes, but have you ever seen how many athletes these Quebec programs have or the cheer sports sharks? I have 700 in one gym. Mm-hmm. You're not getting my business because of that. I'm not changing. Like we tried last year and we didn't know all the ins and outs. And my poor little two level teams, level two teams came in last and they never come last. <laughs> and I had to deal with like the emotions, like, because it was the score sheet. It wasn't actually their skills. And so like after experiencing that and having to like bring the parents into a room and like talk to them about how we behave, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I yeah, because of a score sheet. There you go. It's just like, I don't want to even travel and deal with it. There we go. All right. I'm going to say this one more time because you got me ranting now. Guys, event producers, I'm letting you know right now. I'm just talking to us stateside right now. But there are events that I would love to go to, but you don't want to be on the same score sheet. You know, you're not on the United score sheet. I'm not telling you to use the United score sheet. I'm just letting you know that that's what the industry uses in the States. And since you're on that, I can't go to your events because I don't want to be like, like you said, your teams get last. And you're like, they won all season. So it's just ridiculous. And if, if they deserve last, that's yeah. one thing. But it was literally like some, an, a friend of mine sitting down and explaining the score sheet to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that kid that just did a butt roll just has to do a back walk over, uh, uh, another back handspring right there tomorrow. And then we're going to go up 0.4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like little things like that. Like they have the skill. We just wanted a butt yeah. roll there. <laughs> there you go. So anyways. Okay, next All right, next question. question. Here we go. We've the, the horse is dead. <laughs> What's a, a myth, rumor, or narrative that you would like to debunk right now? Here's your chance. Okay. About me or about my gym? It could be about you. It could be about the gym. It could be about the industry. Just anything you want to take this time to make a stand and just go, you know what? This myth about G-Force is not true. And I just need to clear the air. Okay, guys. I am, uh, I built Vancouver All-Stars. 
on my passion. I've, I'm a, we are very successful, but not because we focus on winning. We win a lot because we focus on the right things and we don't recruit. Uh, you will not find an athlete. Actually, your podcast should try to find an athlete that in the last 15 years, I have actually had a conversation with them and, or in front of their parents have why are you at that cheer gym? I actually had this happen to me. A, a, a gym owner from a nearby gym in my small gym went right mm-hmm. up to a parent in front of the coach said, your kid's cheering again. Why are they not at my gym in front of my, like, like things like that. I've never recruited. You will never find a kid that I've had a conversation with from a different gym that has yeah. come to my gym because I reached out to them or my coaches because my yeah. coaches know they better not. So like that is I think people think that it gets back to me that I recruit and that's why people change gyms and come to mine. I do not recruit. Find someone that says that Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with them and then you can debunk the truth. There we go. I want to, you know, we didn't get to any of this, but you're one of the savviest business people in the industry as far as what it, you know, Vancouver All-Stars is a great cheer gym. You guys have great cheerleading, but you do a great job of running the business as a business owner. We didn't get to any of that. You really do. You, you know, you're one of the, the, the business people in the industry. So maybe we'll have you on again and you'll just talk to the owners. Well, Jason, that's how I met you. (laughs) We got to tell the story how I met you. Okay, guys, this is the last thing I'm telling you. This is a great story. I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever, but with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link in the show notes. True story. When I was a kid, my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard. Back then, buying mats from TumbleTrack was not an option. But now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by TumbleTrack. Start perfecting those rolls, kickovers, handsprings, and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors. Get ready to flip, twist, and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by TumbleTrack. Link in the description. So like for about 15 years, I've been speaking at conferences in North America. Uh, the USASF has hired me, the Varsity University when we had that, Varsity um, back when they had the gym owners, like I used to speak at all of them. So I'm at a conference and I'm speaking and I usually do the gym owners track. And I'm having a serious conversation with my coach, the people who've come to my class on the reason, like mm-hmm. Simon Sinek, like the why. You know, knowing your why, why are you doing this when there's difficult times as a gym owner and things come up, like knowing what your why is and always going back to your core values to help you make decisions on how to move forward. And there were, it was a really emotional class. People in my class were on the verge of tears and crying. The next door, they're having a party. Like every 10 seconds, there's like a everyone like laughing, having fun. I'm like, okay, this is so awkward because we, there was a partition in one room and the the partition was like this really thin wall mm-hmm. that they just pulled open, like to make two rooms. So at the end, I'm like, I need to go see what instructor was next door having a party <laughs> while my serious conversation over here. So I go over and, go. and it's it you. And that's how we met. We had a good time. And then, yeah, awesome. and then me, you and Corey, 
Just had a blast. I was just telling this to Corey was on not too long ago. Yeah. We went and watched <laughs> the baseball game. We went and watched the baseball game and they let us in for free yeah. at Louisville. They're like, Oh, you're late. Go in. And we're yeah. like, We don't have to pay. Nah, just go yeah. in. And we're like, that was a, that was karma. A, I had so much Big fun karma. with you guys. That was and you talked to us about business and you're like, You guys need to be doing this and this. I'm like leaving pumped up. I was like, Okay, Liz, I'm gonna do it. And yeah. And then you called me we and we uh, we had we had a few meetings and look you've been great to me you you always have been so there you go so thanks liz i appreciate it absolutely we already know who's coming on the show jabril is coming out where can people follow you online if they want to follow the gym or just follow your journey or anything if you want to reach out to you for any reason you know how could they do that um so vast cheer vast underscore cheer is our instagram vancouver all-star cheer is our website not that anybody (laughs) really does that anymore um Um, and, uh, I think that would be the main one myself, Liz Gigante Ulrich, my Instagram and my Twitter handle. It was actually really, actually for years before I actually had a Twitter, a real Twitter, I had a Twitter where you could not follow me, but I would use it to write, like to get my frustrations <laughs> off my chest, but nobody could follow me. And my staff knew that I had this and <laughs> sometimes they'd be like, get her yeah. phone. let's see if we can get in. So now I actually have a Twitter. Uh, and yeah, so Vast Cheer. And we have, all of our teams have their own handles too. So like, that would be like Ice Queens, like Vast Ice Queens or Blackout. Like you'll be able to follow those if there's a certain team that you like or a division. And that's- There we I go. If you need my email, you want something from this show, gforcegym at gmail.com. There we go. Liz, you've been great. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, thanks, Jason. Listen, Love you. Love Ashley. Say hi to her. And uh, we'll be seeing each other soon. Soon enough. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Okay. Bye, everyone. Hey, let's talk to your podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.